Hi, guys. <laughs> hey. Hola. We should be better at this by now. Yeah. We don't need an intro. We just start talking. What do you think about uh, school? Excited? I'm kind of nervous. I think I'll be here by myself for the kids for a little while at least. It's going to be like kindergarten cop. Are you guys both in situations where you can have somebody at home with your kids while they're yeah. in, in virtual school? Yes, my wife stays home and I will be returning to campus where I work at Campbell University on Monday, but our department sent us an email uh, just last week saying that um, that we will have the choice of whether to come in or work at home and that we will be required to come to campus whenever we have things that have to be done on campus, but otherwise you can work from home. So the way it looks like is I'll be going to campus probably two or three times a week and uh, working from home the rest of the time. So, and that's through the end of the year. So pretty happy about that because we had concerns, uh, not because my wife can't handle <laughs> watching our kids, which she completely can, but she also works and it's just, uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult. And I have the utmost respect for parents who are uh, two families working full-time jobs that also have kids who are having to learn at home right now. Uh, just from last year, experiencing having to work and um, on the very few times I had to watch my kids do their work, uh, it was tough. I understand the schools will be a little more, or as Ricky said, um, our guest Ricky Secor said, uh, schools will be a lot more, uh, what's the word he used? Uh, Structured. Structured, yeah. And that the learning will probably require less parent involvement. That's the hope for us, but yeah, here, here's hoping because it's not easy. It's not easy, and you've also you also have a ton of teachers out there who are also parents and are required to not only teach their students but also monitor their own students' learning. And that had to be really tough for them at home. And now that they're all returning to campuses to do this, I don't know exactly what the school district is letting them do right now, but I hope the district is working with them to to get that taken care of because uh that's that's asking a lot of your teachers it's a it's a tough situation and there's i mean there's no easy answer and i do wonder about those families where both parents work and i'm sure there are a lot of employers out there who are being flexible and have been flexible but it's going to be tough for us because i have i mean i'll be working from home um, Ashley has to work in the office, so she she has to be gone four days a week. And I have a second grader and a ninth grader, and so I'm going to have to kind of do it all for a little while. Um, we're going back to the office, I think, September 11th, and then we really don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to get grandmas involved, I think. But it's difficult. <laughs> it's, a t- it's a tough time. <laughs> So how is, this, how is this for a freshman in high school? 
on one hand, it's really, on one hand, they get to, they get to, uh, it sucks that they have to learn from home, but on the other hand, you don't have to worry about being a freshman right now. <laughs> and all yeah, the, he wanted, all the he wanted to go that. back to school shopping the other day. And we were like, you're not going back into the school. What are we going to buy? A bunch of pajamas. Um, but they have to get up. Their their day is really structured. Uh, they have to go to homeroom in the mornings, and, and they have. I mean, it's going to be hard to keep someone on uh, interested in a Zoom call for an hour, four times a day. You know, it's going to be yeah. it's going to be a lot. <laughs> what what does so, a high school bully do when it's all virtual learning? <laughs> do, they, do they become internet bullies? Google yeah. Classroom has a, a, a feature to. Stuff someone in a locker. Yeah, virtually stuff someone in a locker. <laughs> Man, I'm pretty impressed with Google Classroom, by the way. It's pretty pretty high tech. I mean, it's it it's pretty awesome, I think. And is it free or is it I, I think don't, it's I, free. It's free I for no the students, what... yeah. So I'm amazed at what my rising first grader can already do on a computer. Yeah. And it's, a lot of it has to do with what they were having to do last spring, going to all just, these websites. Did you just hack the Pentagon? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, school. It's fantastic. School's happening. Yeah. It's gonna take our lives over for another. How long do you think we'll be doing this? I don't know. We have till November third. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I think that a, a lot a of people segue. who are go ahead. I was gonna say that's a good segue if we want to talk segue election. Then. election. Segue. Well, yeah, but Gordon, you were about to ask another school-related question, so I just I just think that a lot of people maybe who are the most against the the whole virtual setup, um, in a lot of cases, are maybe further removed from school and learning than even we are and maybe they are you know people who don't have kids currently in school and are therefore not quite as up on just how far technology has come and just how much work has gone into trying to make this upcoming year as you know academically rigorous and structured as possible does that make sense that's a good point a lot of people a lot of people uh, complain that their students aren't getting the the in-person uh, touch that comes with learning, I guess. Like, there's something to be said about being there, being present with somebody when you're teaching them or whether you're counseling them or whether you're, you know, just hanging out with them. There, there's a lot to be said about the in-person part of it, but you're absolutely right. Um, our kids consume everything through their screens right now, uh, whether it's music, whether it's, uh, you know, TV, people don't watch TV anymore. People don't listen to radios anymore. It's all done through these devices. And, uh, I imagine to my first grader and to my third and or third and fifth graders, this isn't that big of a deal. It's not that big of a change for them. I'm sure they miss being in their classrooms, but I don't think that this is, uh, affecting them the way that like you said maybe some of the people who are further removed from it think it would and uh yeah i I imagine probably what they miss most are the extracurriculars 
You're not going to have sports this fall. You're not going to have band. You're not going to have theater. You're not going to have those things. And those are things you cannot do online yet, I guess. Video games, I suppose you can. But um, yeah, those are the things I think they miss the most. And that's all you ever remember about school anyway, isn't it? Hanging with your friends and doing the things you like to do. How many of us remember what we learned and <laughs> so they had to kind of change Cameron's schedule around because you know some things you can't do like PE and um, he got ROTC oh, <laughs> he was man. so mad about it he's, he's like I'm not doing that and I was like well it's on your schedule it's like you're going to do that I thought so, that that was something that you had to sign up for yeah I don't know he didn't even sign up for it it just it was on his schedule I think it's a mistake so, we're gonna so he, was, he signed, been, he signed up con- for a credit card and <laughs> <laughs> up he was conscripted into service I was like man, <laughs> he was drafted <laughs> but you know maybe it'll do him some good <laughs> sound like a dad from the 60s you need to go to the army you need structure <laughs> maybe they'll teach him to do his, to make his bed but he doesn't – I and he also doesn't want to do art. He didn't get anything that he really asked for. So – but, you know, I understand. I mean, it's – there's not a lot of options when you're at home, so. How's school, Cameron? I hate all my classes. <laughs> Set to ROTC. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> We're with Ricky Secor. He has been the principal at Broadway Elementary for the last four years. And with school starting on Monday, uh, virtual school for for most for almost just about every Lee County student, um, we thought it'd be a good idea to have Ricky on to talk about the start of the school year, um, what parents can expect, what students can expect, and uh, talk a little bit also about um, last year and uh, how the schools had to pivot and rethink everything when the pandemic hit. So uh, first off, uh, Ricky, I've known you for several years now. Um, welcome, yes, to the, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be on the rant. It's good to see you guys. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, so you're principal at Broadway, and like I said, you're starting on Monday, but um, it's been quite a summer, a lot of back and forth on yes. uh, what exactly are our students, what is the school year going to look like? And the Board of Education finally decided a few weeks ago that they were going to go with um, all virtual, at least for the first six weeks. And so um, what does that mean for, let's start off with teachers and administration. When school starts on Monday, uh, what is that day going to look like? I understand teachers are still coming to the campuses. Yes, sir. We've had uh, stu- or teachers coming in this week, uh, full staff for the most part, and uh, they've been working uh, a lot to get Google Classrooms ready and to help set up uh, Google Meets uh, that students will participate in uh, each day. Uh, at this point, uh, because we've had more time to plan and uh, you know we have the experience of last spring, what families can expect is a much more uh, structured and uh, more similar to a, to a routine day of school in the building 
than uh, was was possible last year as we were really just trying our best to um, meet as many needs as we could with uh, what we had on a short time frame. So a lot of the teachers last year, um, like you said, kind of flying by the seat of their pants and and doing the best they could to, to get through the semester. Um, are you saying that there's more of a um, across the board plan for each grade? And will what, what my students are learning at BT Bullock, is that going to look very similar to what fourth graders are, are learning at Broadway Elementary? Absolutely, it's been a, a big push for consistency. Um, We've got many schools with, with fairly similar times of day uh, for activities that take place this year um, with a virtual learning plan in place that helps govern a lot of what's expected for us. And uh, that'll help bring about the consistency that'll be good for students across the county. And so as a principal, I know your hands are full all the time, 24, <laughs> I mean, like, not 24 hours a day, but you know, the whole school day, your hands are full uh, when you have students on campus. Uh, what does a principal do when it's just teachers on campus and it's a virtual setting? What does what your job become then? Well, there's still a good number of things that we need to help arrange and organize to help the teachers be successful with uh, making sure laptops are distributed, uh, students need Wi-Fis that we've uh, been able to, um, you know, work to make some accommodations there to help monitor the um activities in the classroom to help provide guidance and coaching and things like that. Uh, you know, encouragement that uh, even though this is new, this can um, be a great experience and uh, that, um, you know, it's certainly something that our folks are capable of handling and doing a great job with. So in a lot of ways, it's very similar to what we would do on a day-to-day -day basis. We just don't have people necessarily here. Uh, we have to make those contacts via email or over the telephone. Um, but we certainly are doing all we can to support teachers the best that we can. So uh, your wife, Ashley, is a teacher as well. And, yes, sir. Uh, so maybe, I know it's, it's maybe dangerous to speak on behalf of your wife, but if you could uh, tell us um, how different is this for, for a teacher to enter, not only go back to what was happening last spring, but enter the fall and to have to do all this online um, what are the challenges that, that she's facing and, and what your, your other teachers at Broadway are facing? Sure. Well, you, you certainly miss the connection that you, that you forge with families, um, you know, on that first open house when you come in and, and everything's fresh and new and everybody's undefeated. And uh, you have to kind of do that virtually. And, and that's certainly a struggle, um, you know, trying to connect with everybody and, and make sure that they know that they're welcome and that you're happy to see them. Uh, I think a lot of folks got a lot of things um, learned. They, they, they straightened out a lot of things and figured out a lot of things during the spring last year, which I think has helped significantly with some of the, the things that people may be worried about this time if this was um, totally brand new. So I think that's helped, um, you know, and just making sure that, uh, as always, that you're providing a quality product for everybody that um, helps meet the needs of the students of Lee County. Yeah, so my, uh, my, my kids all had their first meeting, quote-unquote meeting with their teachers this week. And it's like you said, it's not the same. 
you're, it's hard to develop that connection. I imagine it's hard for a teacher to understand what kind of student they have through, you know, through online means like that. Uh, but I don't know where I'm going with this question, but how does a teacher, how does a teacher, how does a teacher get around that? How do they, um, how do they really get to know their students and, and understand how they're going to learn? Uh, it can't be easy through, through, through the internet. Sure. Well, with, with the virtual tools that we have, you're still able to, um, you know, have conversations, um, get to know folks, uh, you know, that you can do icebreakers virtually. Uh, there's ways to do assessments that, um, will help you to learn about some academic strengths as well online and just finding those. Um, and, and, you know, you still have conversations with, with families about their concerns and, and things that they see as strengths for their students. So there are definitely ways, uh, to still do those things. Um, not quite as much, uh, you know, in person, um, but they're still out there and, uh, we're making use of them. Hey, Mr. Any... Oh, sorry. Uh, hey, John raised his hand. <laughs> I raised my uh, hand first. I didn't <laughs> look at, I, I, I look at the list. That. I can't figure out this technology. <laughs> Go ahead, John. So, um, Mr. Secor, I have to uh, talk to teachers and principals like I used to. So, Mr. Secor, <laughs> um, my daughter goes to Tramway, I think, with your daughter. And, um, they had their assessment yesterday and they did, well, they did kind of an assessment of where she was, you know, I guess with the layoff and everything. Uh, how, how has that affected kids? Like how has the layoff affected kids? Do you think? Sure. Well, we know there are going to be some students that, you know, access uh, during the, the spring closure was more difficult. Uh, just simply the time that would normally have gotten to be put in to instruction and so learning was, was definitely cut significantly short. Um, and a lot of the grade levels, a lot of the material had been covered um, yeah. by the time we had shut down. As far as the new material and a good bit of what was going to come would be a lot of reviewing and things like that for the EOG. Uh, so, you know, we do um, recognize that we did get a lot of things covered. But, you know, the chance review is super important and you know, we, we can't be sure of how much practice everybody's had at home uh, with things over the summer and things like that. So there's a couple different ways, um, you know, that some progress may have been slowed down by closing. And that those are things that we're working to catch up on here at the beginning of the year. Okay. What, what I was curious about is whether you have any beginning teachers, first year teachers, and what, if, if you do, what, types of things they've said to you because I know it's probably hard for anybody even somebody who's been in the classroom for a lot of years but somebody who maybe spent the last four years getting ready to do this and then come out and it just looks completely different from everything they've learned so we're fortunate here we do have two beginning teachers but both of them did get some experience doing virtual learning during their Mm -hmm. student teaching experiences so it's not completely new for either of them and I think they do bring some experience uh, to us um, just from, you know, doing things in different counties and being able to offer some insights that they learned there. 
that they can bring back to their job and share with our staff. Um, so, yeah, actually, that's, certainly, that's certainly an interesting way to conclude college and then start your career. Yeah, uh, this year, uh, it's certainly it's certainly been an experience that affects everybody um, at all levels of education, um, from students to families to uh, to teachers and staff. Well, who's having the tougher time though? Is it the new teacher? who grew up with the internet or is it the 30 year veteran who was thrust into all this last year and is still trying to figure, figure out how to unmute themselves <laughs> in a classroom. So, so regardless of years of experience in teaching, we do have a, a number of, of staff members that have gotten experience with Google classroom and do have some comfort with doing synchronous things online. I think it's more of an experience with those two things um, rather than necessarily having to try to, you know, I haven't, I've done this for 30 years. Well, some people have done some of these things during their 30 year career. So it's kind of a bit of a mix. And there are some other folks that, you know, they're, they're better at this than they think they are. and just need to believe in themselves a little bit more because they really are able to put out a very good product um, to their students. You know, so there's some, some self-doubt simply just because you haven't done it very much. So I know you guys had planned for a plan B originally before it all moved to C. So so there was planning in place of what school would look like. <laughs> sure. We actually, I believe the board had passed the virtual learning plan um, at very, fairly close to the time of the plan B decision. So we did have a lot of guidance already um, on what plan C could look like. So whether, whether after six weeks school starts again or whether it's months from now, how, how will school look different than than when it ended in, in February. I know that there will, sure. there's things like wash stations and, and maybe one-way hallways and uh, partitions between student or whatever. But what are some of the changes that, that Broadway was making in preparation for a return to campus? Sure. We were making similar preparations to our other schools. Um, you know, the hallways are marked with directions to walk and which door is an entrance and which door is an exit. Um, Classrooms are, are already laid out to uh, to demonstrate social distancing for both the, the students and the staff. We have uh, eight separate stations around the building, uh, one at the end of each hallway, one in each lobby, and uh, the front side of the office and the back side of the office uh, for hand sanitizing stations. Um, signage around the building reminding you to socially distance, to wash your hands frequently, um, and students uh, will will be wearing masks when they come back to school as well, uh, for the most part, um, you know, with some situations that, you know, perhaps with a, um, a need, they, they may not be doing that, but they largely will be wearing a mask. So those are all things that if you were to, to see a building during a school day, you would notice um, right off the bat. Um, and also uh, lunches and breakfast being brought to the classroom um, instead of in the cafeteria. Did you have another question, John, or you, is, did you just leave your hand up? <laughs> <laughs> John froze. <laughs> John, the, the photo that uh, your photo froze, and it was it was hilarious. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to ask. Now, well, I've I've got a I've got a question. I mean, my internet is unstable. <laughs> this is. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of um, anticipation to kind of get the show on the road. That, well, or m maybe there's some anxiety about doing this, but do you feel like people are, are nervous or do you feel like people are ready to 
to just go and Billy Gordon going. I'm, I'm sorry, Gordon. I, I missed your question. I had, there was some freezing there. Oh, I, what I was curious about is I'm sure there's some anxiety about this all being a new situation, but do you feel like people are, are nervous or just ready to kind of get the show on the road and, and get this thing going? I would say at the beginning of the week, probably more nerves um, would have been mm-hmm. accurate. But I would say by this point in the week, and, and this is Friday, I think there's a real excitement. I think having had a chance to talk to a lot of families on the phone to kind of get to see and feel um, the way, you know, the way through where things are going. I think that's led to a, a, a you know, certainly a, a good level of excitement and some anxiousness to get, to get rolling and to do uh, what teachers want to do, which is to give all they have to help students be successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, and maybe this is a question for the school board, but but maybe you can answer it. I noticed in in my kids' classes, they seemed kind of small to begin with. Is this a case of uh, spreading them out, or is this a case of maybe not every parent has has gone through the proper procedures to register their students yet? Uh, I certainly can't answer that for each school. Um, our Numbers are fairly similar to what we have each year uh, out here. Uh, we know that there are probably some families that have moved um, and just with the inability to come to the school and things like that, you know, we'll continue to see students uh, register and, and also withdraw in the next few weeks, um, which is fairly typical. Honestly, uh, there's, there are a good number of folks we get each year that register on the first day of school or an open house. So this isn't anything uh, unusual to us or, or kids will have left and we'll, you know, get a records request from a school district um, after we've started. So that's not unusual for us. A little bit different process to get that information this year, but um, you know, kind of the similar result. But Hey, how many kids do you typically have on an average year at Broadway? Sure. Out here, we typically have between about 550 and 600 um, in pre-K through five. Wow. That's been fairly, fairly common out here. That's a lot of kids to have to look after, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we we work together and we do, I think, a great job out here of uh, being a team and caring for everybody. And I think that's true of all of our Lee County schools. Uh, They're all our kids. And, um, you know, we work really well to make sure that we have a great experience for everybody. Somebody's weed eating behind me, so hang on a second. Huh. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat. I've got I've got some yard work going on somewhere. Uh, Gordon, you don't have to include this in the in the podcast. Just curious, Ricky, do you have a giant paddle on your wall, like my principal <laughs> did growing up? <laughs> oh yeah, no, I don't. I do have. I think I still have it somewhere. I was given a big purple eraser at some point, and I think I still have it. I'm looking for it on my other shelf and I don't see it right here, but it says for big mistakes. Uh, <laughs> that's what, so I have that. I do not, I do not have the paddle. I have it's a lot nicer than the, the, than the paddle the with the holes drilled in it than that we used to see. And we were, told yes, the, holes, the holes made for better, better aerodynamics. <laughs> yes. I've heard that uh, in, other, <laughs> in other places from, uh, from folks who went to school at a, at a different time than us. Well, yeah, we got so. we have a few more minutes, Ricky. Uh, On to lighter things here. Um, uh, what are some of the? Maybe you can can't say this, but I imagine you see a lot as a principal. Just sure. Just uh, you know, kids sent to your office for a variety of reasons. Um, 
are you able to share any of the crazier reasons without giving away maybe who the child was? Like, uh, what, what are some of the strangest things a child has been sent to your office for? Honestly, the strangest thing that's happened to me, this is going to be my seventh year as an administrator in Lee County Schools. Um, this was back when I was an assistant principal. And um, a few minutes before school started, we were having a meeting um, for a student and we were trying to get into it. And um, a teacher had come up and, and had needed to interrupt the meeting for something. And, um, you know, we were trying to have this meeting that we had everybody in place and ready to go. I was like, this really isn't a good time for this. And without saying a word, they lifted a, a cat out of a student's backpack. <laughs> And I said, okay, this is a good time for that. Um, <laughs> let me go deal with this and I'll be right back. And the student had brought a kitten to school in their backpack. And we had to arrange to get that back home. Um, it's certainly a moment I will never forget uh, seeing that seeing that cat uh, lifted up out of the backpack. So the the it, student wasn't actually there on that one. Um, was, it was it for show and tell or something? or just? I think they had honestly um, just it was something they were excited to share with other people as a student in a younger grade yeah. and they just wanted to bring it in. I don't think there was formal show and tell or anything that day, but um, they were interested in uh, sharing that with the class. So that was certainly a moment that stands out for me. Well, Ricky is uh, an off of school. Just real quick. Last question. You are an ever hopeful, unapologetic <laughs> Detroit lions fan. And I yes, promised you to get you on the podcast that I would ask you a Lions question. So, okay. so what does it look like for 2020 for the Lions? Okay, so the life of a Lions fan is this. This is an old joke, but I think it applies to all Lions fans. Uh, the pessimist says it can't get any worse. And the optimist says, oh, wait, yes, it can. Um, that's how you feel every year. This is the year. Uh, and then lo and behold, there's going to be the weirdest thing you could possibly imagine happen. The Lions have, have lost games by a guy uh, kicking a 63-yard field goal and setting a record. Lost games by giving up a Hail Mary after they'd already won the game because of a face mask. Uh, there's no outcome of a game that ever surprises me anymore. Uh, I am hoping they play, honestly, yeah. after 3-12-1 yeah. last year. I think all of us would be thrilled with eight and eight, which is uh, not much for a lot of franchises, but when you're a Lions fan and always will be, that's really, really close to a winning record. And that's reason. for <laughs> uh, well, Ricky, You've seen one playoff win in 40 years. You take what you can get. Yeah. Um, that one win was Matthew Stafford will be the Cowboys back though. And, <laughs> it wasn't a very competitive ball game. Was it Billy? Yeah, it was. I remember it. <laughs> Ricky, thank you so we're, much for, for joining. We'll own that one forever. Yeah. All right. We're done talking about Lions. Now. <laughs> all right. Now, thank you so much for, for joining us. Uh, good luck to you. Good luck to all the teachers and administrators out there. We know um, this this is a crazy year. Um, it will be a crazy year. And uh, no telling what the what the next few months have in, have in store for you guys. But good luck. We appreciate everything you do. And thank you. Appreciate for that. Thank you, Billy. And just appreciate all the work you all do for the people in Lee County to help keep them informed and know what's going on around here. You do great work and uh, we're grateful to have you. Cool. Thanks, Ricky. Thanks all. You'll have a good day. You too. All right. You too. Thank you.
the other big news, and that's what I was going to segue from earlier when you said November 3rd, uh, was that a new vice president uh, running mate has been chosen on the Democratic side, and that would be for uh, Joe Biden, who picked Kamala Harris, and uh, looks like it was a popular pick amongst Democrats. Uh, I, being a Democrat, can can also attest that uh, I think it was a great pick. However, uh, one of the stories that I'm working on for the rant was uh, has been um, or is currently the reaction that you're getting from a lot of people about the pick. And it's mostly from people who are uh, probably misogynistic and uh, racist to begin with. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we, uh, we talked a little bit in the past about the uh, local Facebook group, the North Carolina Truth Seekers, and then um, actually some people who have were commenting on the Herald story about this as well. And I wanted to point out the uh, the uphill battle that a woman faces whenever they are chosen for a higher office like that. You can go back to Hillary Clinton running for office uh, four years ago, and you can go to um, when you pretty much talk about any Supreme Court justice who happens to be a woman. They face a much uh, a much worse, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, peanut gallery than, than what a man has to face. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day is, uh, if we ever wanted our daughter to run for office, um, would, whether it's in 20 or 30 years from now, would we want her, or if she wanted to, would we want her to go through some of the things that a woman has to go through when they are put into a, a position like that? And for example, uh, the first things, the some of the first comments and memes that you see from from uh, people who oppose Kamala Harris are things about, or in a very sexual nature, things about the way she looks, things about um, you know her past, and these just aren't things that you see the same people bring up about the men that run for these offices too. And so this is a story that I'm working on, and it has me pretty upset. And I just wanted to mention it on here. And uh, wanted to know what your thoughts on that were. Nobody ever accused Louis Gomert of sleeping his way to the top, <laughs> <laughs> even though he did. <laughs> no, just kidding. I can uh, say that I made a bet on the website predictit.org that Kamala Harris would be Biden's running mate, and I have netted $22 off of that. Nice. So, that well, was kind of a given. I mean, it right? wasn't, well, it wasn't. It seemed- it, it seemed pretty obvious to me. That yeah, it seemed it was obvious, obvious to be but her. up until the end, there was even a story that came out the day before saying that since she was scheduled to speak at the convention, that yeah, she was not that. one of the running mates or she was not one of the finalists. Um, I thought from her performance in the debates, though I thought I thought she went toe-to-toe with everybody there, and uh, I thought Elizabeth Warren also performed well. But when Biden announced... Uh, I guess a month ago that his running mate would be female and they would be a person of color. Um, you kind of guessed that it was going to be her. Uh, did he, and, did he say specifically, did he promise that it would be a, I don't a, think he a said person that. of color. I think, it was I think he implied. just guaranteed female, but oh, I, I could be wrong. I thought he had either implied or guaranteed that it would be a person of color. And I think that's a, I think it's a wise choice to do that, especially coming off the year that we're coming off with, uh, with all the civil unrest going on. I, th- I think it's a, it, it was a really 
I'm not going to say it was a bold move. I just think she was a great pick. I think, uh, yeah, she has some things in her past that I think uh, are the right talking points for Republicans. Uh, I just, you know, if you want to bring up her incarceration rate, if you want to bring up things like that, go for it. Those are all fair game. But to bring up, you know, uh, rumors or to bring up, even if they're facts, to bring up anything in a sexual nature and to turn a blind eye to the to the Cheeto that's in the White House right now and everything that he's done in his past is just, it's beyond ridiculous. And uh, I don't know. I, I think, why would you ever want... Why would you ever want your daughter running for office when they have to go through things like this? And look, Democrats aren't aren't uh, at you know faultless here either. When Sarah Palin ran four years ago or eight, twelve years ago, however long that was, sixty-five uh, years ago, I think it was eight years ago. She uh, <laughs> twelve years ago, like you know, two thousand and eight. Even though <laughs> she was a a terrible candidate based on just the way she she it just based on her her speeches and things like that uh, a lot of people unfairly went after a lot of other things about her that you, like i said you just wouldn't see them go after the same things if they were a man and the uh, democrats are, are are just as guilty of that so that's my soapbox and i will step off of it now and uh ret- I think, return the I think irish spring to to its rightful Go ahead. I think that the whole post office thing is a much is much more. I mean, not more, but that's scary. I mean, he's pretty much trying to shut the post office down or slowing down your mail just because of an election. Yeah, and then uh, is it true? What I saw the headline is that he and his wife um, requested yeah. mail in ballots this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's well, speak, speaking of elections, since we last podcasted, we, last week we discussed um, the arrest of candidate Randy Todd, candidate for the Lee County Board of Commissioners, was charged with assault, and we had some discussion about whether he would be on the ballot going forward, and it turns out that he has been removed from the ballot. The local Republican Party petitioned to have him removed, and they replaced him with a woman named Paula Fine Dash, and I'm going to mispronounce this, Magani. But I, I can't. I need. I need to get a proper pronunciation on that. But, but yeah, Randy Todd has been removed from the ballot. He's no longer. He's no longer running. Um, and one thing that I thought was really interesting, I posted about it on my personal Facebook that the the semi-daily newspaper in town, Sanford Herald, reported <laughs> only that that he was no longer on the ballot and, without saying why. And that story was placed directly next to the police blotter, which contained some of the details of his arrest. And I don't know if they declined to connect those things or just failed to connect those things, but either way, that's, I think, not a not a great look. Do you think uh, anybody from the newspaper newsroom uh, reads us and or listens to this podcast? I'm sure that our work is read. I don't know if the podcast is listened to. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, you know, we all understand how tough that job is and how, yes. how much smaller that newsroom was is now than it was uh, during 
during our even our time there before all all the cuts started happening. Uh, which, by the way, Gordon, you you missed your your streak last week of mentioning being fired by me. So I know I and know. missed it this week too because I beat you to the punch. So you're know. gonna have to find a way to get that back into the into the rotation. I'll 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 be ready next week. All right. So maybe um, we should do introductions, and you should just say, "My name is Gordon Anderson, and I was fired by Billy Liggett." Every time. <laughs> I pre- so I preface all this by saying it's a very difficult job, and I. Um, I know they're trying their best over there, but uh, it's it is it's becoming a problem when you miss things like that in the in the daily newspaper. And uh, I think uh, I think part of the problem is, um, yeah, I don't even know if I want to say that. <laughs> so uh, a lot of it has to do of you know, a lot can be said about living in the community that you work in or being a part of the community that you work in uh, say what you want about Bill Horner. And, and we have all said it in the past, but he did require us to become members of things like rotary and JC's and, and attend. I think he required that of you, but that was never a requirement for the rest of the newsroom. Yeah. But you guys still had to attend a lot of things you didn't want to attend, whether it was those luncheons, although it was a free lunch. Um, but <laughs> and that was but, important. Yeah. But they were things that, even if you didn't want to be there and I had, and no offense to Rotary, uh, everyone in it was great, but I was, you know, I was 30. I, I didn't want to be in Rotary meetings. However, that said, you learn a lot about the community that you're in when you attend those things or when you're part of these groups. And, and I think maybe some of that is missing from, from what's, you know, from what's going on here. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it without sounding. Well, like I think I didn't think that them. I didn't think that we were required to live in our community. I mean, in Sanford, but uh, we just couldn't afford gas it was to kinda, live elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it was kind of, you know, hinted that that's what you should do if you're a reporter in a community. It, it um, helps. Yeah. And I think it was a good thing to, to do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that you should. Definitely. Well, Billy, Billy made a good point. Like we couldn't afford the gas it would have taken. And I wonder about that when I hear about, reporters who cover Sanford but don't live in Sanford unless the pay structure has changed significantly since 10 years ago I, I yeah. don't know how you could put just, money into yeah. commuting every day well, how much uh, how much of it now can you do from work from home and th- this is the, the last thing I'll say about the Herald and this is something we've said in the past is with the size of their newsroom it's it's really difficult I know they've gone down to five days a week but that's really that newsroom is structured now to be a weekly newspaper or at the very most a twice a week newspaper. And I think it would give, it would give them so much more time to, to go in depth on stories and to not miss things like Randy Todd and things like that. Uh, Well, it's kind of like what we talked about. We talked about this week, I think that um, I just don't think communities can support a daily newspaper anymore. I mean, there's just so much that you can get elsewhere. Even like large cities have trouble supporting a daily newspaper. They do. And, they absolutely do. I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it, like, look at what the pilot does. The pilot does a great job and they're, what, two times a week or three times a week? They have no wire copy. They're just, 
they're just about their community and they put out a good product. It seems to me, they always have, I, I haven't really paid attention in the last few years, but I, think I, I haven't looked at a physical copy of the pilot and I couldn't tell you how long, but I mean, I follow them on Facebook yeah. and they seem to do a pretty good job. I, I mean, I think that that's what we've tried to do is just, if people want national or even state news, they're going to get it somewhere else. But, you yeah. know, if we just focus on what's happening here, we can, we can do a decent enough job once a month and then supplement that throughout the month with shorter kind of spot news pieces. And yeah. it's worked for us. I, I just, I think the news industry has changed so much that like you said, I don't know if a daily paper can be supported by a community very well anymore, but that doesn't mean that there's not space for the news. Yeah. Yeah. Are you getting rained on Gordon? It's pouring here. Uh, I think it's I'm about to rain. be getting rained on. Nothing so, happening uh, here. We're good. We live so far <laughs> away from each other. <laughs> oh, can y'all hear that? Jeez. Yeah. All right. Uh, maybe that's a good time to end it then because uh, I think we've gone about an hour. I have and, one question yeah. before we end. Like, how are you guys going to vote? Are you going to vote in person or are you going to – Get a mail-in ballot. I thought you were asking if we were going Democrat or Republican. <laughs> no, 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 no. I actually vote. I, I'm confused about this. What are we I supposed had, to do? I had been thinking that I was gonna. We were gonna request mail-in ballots as soon as we were able, but seeing all the news about the post office and things like that, I may just put a mask on and go the first day of early voting. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm probably I don't going think, to be mask on early voting for me. I think. Uh, Last time I early voted at Southerly High School, I was one of three people there. Um, I think they'll do it right. Uh, yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I, I guess it's a bigger problem at other places, but I don't know. But I'm ready to get it over with, and I, and I don't, I don't see many of my votes, vote preferences changing between now and November. No, we can vote you know, right now on everyone. <laughs> right, insane. barring a. Barring a Randy Todd type incident, um, I think I, I think I know who I'm going to vote for in just about every race. Does anybody know how to to get rid of turkey vultures? Shoot them. Do not. Not allowed to. They are protected. Huh? Are they? I'm sure the damn hell are. <laughs> I've looked into it. You should it. probably get the dead carcass out of your yard then. So, um... It's when, probably flying around when, that uh, house up there. When that, no, when the house on Hillcrest came down last week, the uh, two turkey vultures that were living in the attic <laughs> had to, uh, yeah, that, that was really happening, <laughs> had to find a new home. So they have been 
hopping house to house over here to uh, <laughs> to looking for a, a new home. And one of their preferred is their real places, estate agent. Yeah, one of their preferred places is on top of my chimney. And Won't someone think of the turkey vultures? <laughs> 